This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 222. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, today on the show, we continue our Tales of the Cocktail 2017 coverage. This is the fourth of nine planned episodes about tales this year. We'll talk to two interesting ladies. Hi, I am Laura Bellucci, and I am the lead bartender at Sobu. My name is Aisha Sharp with Vodka 6100. First, a little news you can use. If you're anywhere near Cleveland, Ohio, Patron is doing a full-day class for you to learn all about tequila. You get a certificate once you're done. There's breakfast and lunch included and a tasting, tequila tasting, and a happy hour. And the cost for this is zero dollars. You just need to RSVP and get yourself there on September 12th, 2017. The link to RSVP is pretty long, so we'll have that for you in the show notes on bartenderjourney.net. I really recommend you do this if you're anywhere near Cleveland. From my experience, Patron is really good at doing great education and spoiling bartenders rotten. It's at the Cleveland Marriott. Hey, make a little getaway out of it. Get yourself a room at the hotel and enjoy yourself, learn a lot, and be safe. Today on the show, we're going to talk vodka with Aisha. She gave me a little recipe book with some cocktails, so we'll use one of those for our cocktail of the week. It's Aisha's Spicy Kiss. She uses two ounces of Vodka 6100, which is an interesting brand. We're going to talk about it later. Four chunks of watermelon, two slices of jalapeno pepper, plus a little more for garnish, half an ounce of fresh lemon juice, half an ounce of simple syrup. Muddle that watermelon and jalapeno, add the remaining ingredients and ice, and shake that up good and double strain into a chilled coupe glass. I imagine this would also work well as a tall drink if you serve it over ice in a highball glass with a little seltzer. That would probably be delicious and refreshing for the uh, dog days of summer here. Speaking of vodka, which actually I have not done in quite a while on this show, but uh, I think it's time. I think we we can finally start to move past that bartender bias against vodka, and I'll bring that up when we talk to Aisha. But anyway, during Tales of the Cocktail uh, this year, Absolute did their Bloody Mary bar, and I met a super nice guy there named Brian Bartels, and he wrote a book called The Bloody Mary, The Lore and Legend of a Cocktail Classic with Recipes for Brunch and Beyond. So we'll make that our book of the week. Shame on me, I didn't record any audio with Brian, uh, but I did take a video of the Bloody Mary bar. They had tons of garnishes to choose from and displayed them. Uh, It was pretty clever uh, in hanging mason jars, and there was a little handwritten sign uh, chalkboard behind each one. So I'll post a video of that up on bartenderjourney.net, so uh, maybe it'll give you some ideas next time you have to do a uh, fancy brunch. The, uh, The book is great with lots of variations on the timeless Bloody Mary, plus history and tips for setting up a brunch party. There's ideas for infused vodkas, which is, I like that idea, for with uh, like cilantro vodka, bacon, shiitake mushroom, lots more. This is a great book for getting ideas about upping your Bloody Mary game. Okay, let's head to Sobu in New Orleans. Hi, I am Laura Bellucci and I am the lead bartender at Sobu. Great bar, great bar. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love it here. I and, do too. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> you, know, you, you always have a big smile on your face, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, wow, so you did the whole cocktail program here, the cocktail menu here? Yeah, or I've been doing the cocktail program for about two years now um, and slowly kind of, at first I was very nervous about it. I yeah. think kind of coming in, into the city where it's so much about cocktails and there is so much respect for this craft and kind of taking over and trying to be me 
in this huge world of not getting lost. I'm from Massachusetts originally. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's so much cocktail culture here, and it's just so. It, it, yeah, I can see how it could be uh, a little intimidating, but it's uh, you made me a delicious cocktail here. Thank tell you. Me, tell me about this cocktail again. So that's the purslane. It's one of the first cocktails I ever put on the menu. So uh-huh. it's one of my like very original babies, and yeah. it's um, redemption rye with gaffard peach and averna and tiki bitters. Nice. And that was like a whole tiki bitters phase I went through. Yeah. I love, they're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, delicious. So, yeah, talk about, you know, putting together a cocktail menu because, I mean, it's it's a lot of work, you know. Yeah. I mean, you got, what do you got, about 12 on the list? Yeah. So, I don't know. This list is extra special. This is the most special cocktail list we've ever done um, because this was the round where everybody really expressed interest and like viewpoint and wanted one of their cocktails on the menu. So I got to work with every single bartender behind the bar and create kind of a cocktail based on what they wanted. So it was really cool. Working together, I think, is so much more inspiring. It's why I came to Sobu because originally before I worked here, I worked at a bar where I ran a program, but I was the only bartender and I just didn't feel like that collaborative vibe and I just felt kind of like I wasn't moving forward. But when you have all these creative people with such different viewpoints and perspectives and tastes and lifestyles, it just, it creates like this really kind of eclectic mix of cocktails. And I think that's like the strongest point of this cocktail menu is it's incredibly eclectic. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That there's really a lot to that, you know. Yeah. Like you know, Southern Teague, he always says, uh, "If you're in the smart, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room." Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I know exactly how you feel that way because I'm kind of in a similar situation. <laughs> <laughs> so you told me a story about how uh, somebody uh, was uncomfortable at the bar. And yes, we had a there? very rowdy sort of disrespectful guest sitting next to a couple and and he was making the couple feel very uncomfortable. And so I kind of pulled him away and was like, hey, we're trying to have a happy, good time. We're trying to have a safe environment. Um, and you're making one of our guests uncomfortable. And that kind of made him leave, which <laughs> I mean, not great. You don't want to ever turn anybody away, but I think it's, it's totally the priority is is your guests and if someone's there and there's an element making them uncomfortable you don't want them to feel unsafe so and then while I was doing that my other bartender who's also a very sort of outspoken female leaned into the girl (laughs) and was like hey like I just want to make sure you're okay just want you to be comfortable and like kind of checking in with everybody and I think those conversations can be kind of I don't know it's awkward. But People it has avoid to be done. them and they're very awkward, but you kind of have to be ready to have that in the same yeah. way that you have awkward conversations with your, you know, your staff and you, you confront them and the or things that are going wrong. Off. Or when you have to cut somebody off, great yeah. example. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing that for years, yeah. so that doesn't even feel uncomfortable <laughs> to me anymore. <laughs> oh boy, but it happens a lot in New Orleans. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. I can't even imagine the bars that actually have to cut a lot. We don't really have to cut a lot of people yeah, off. Yeah, it's but. not that kind of place, but yeah, just a couple blocks over. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So, but yeah, you know, it's hospitality's taking care of people, so that's uh, that's definitely a part of it. You know, yeah. it's making sure everybody's okay. I think that's, yeah, for me, it's the the Italian in me. Like, I uh, want to take care of everybody. Yeah. I kind of tend to want to mother everybody, feed everybody, right, get everybody right. as much as they need to feel good. So, <laughs> it actually, actually, last last year at Tales, I was at uh, Aaron Rose. Oh, and I love was Aaron a, Rose. But there was a couple there, mm-hmm. and the and the lady was like being 
really friendly with me. And the guy was like <laughs> six foot two. So, and you were like, I don't know uh, what to do. Had a little trouble with the audio recorder there, and we lost a couple of minutes. But just to finish that story, I went over to the gentleman, the couple there, and uh, introduced myself and uh, looked him in the eye and shook his hand. And uh, he says to me, yeah, she never met a person she didn't like. We're all good. So we got back on the subject of cocktail menus. Having each bartender have a cocktail and be represented and be able to work with every single person on my staff was like the most rewarding cocktail menu process ever. So it must make the menu eclectic. It's that so would, eclectic. Yeah. It's so diverse. It has so much sort of originality and fun to it that I could like it would have been impossible to bring without everyone's perspective. And we have such different bartenders from such different walks of life you know, who do totally different stuff when they're outside of work. So it's really cool. You know, these aren't all people who were, you know, born and bred craft bartenders. These are from, like, different worlds and different experience sets. And what they come up with is so beautiful and so fun and so different that I think this is one of the most eclectic cocktail menus I've ever seen and definitely the proudest one on the bar and everyone came to me with their ideas and we got to work with the kitchen a lot like we have one drink Lauren came up with and she she's like I want to do s'mores I don't know how but I just like I love this whiskey and I want to do it this way and we kind of like worked on it we're like what can we do for a garnish and we found we worked with our morning cook Brenda who's amazing and she taught us how to make whiskey flavored marshmallows so we did that and so now we toast marshmallows on the bar and it's something I never would have thought about but it adds this whole element of this beautiful olfactory moment sort of right before you sip it when you smell your toasted marshmallow and then the like the vapors of the whiskey coming out it's beautiful like and, and so you're toasting it so there's fire behind the bar oh, yeah. that's always we're, we're torching them we're torching them <laughs> i like fun. like to think of it a little bit game of thronesy but the land of ice and fire because we're always carving ice and then we're yeah. using fire in different ways so there's like a lot going on a lot that mimics a kitchen yeah well you carved a beautiful ice cube for me here that's well, gorgeous <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah i think it's that. really fun i think people a lot of times come to our bar and they say like that must really suck to have to carve an ice cube <laughs> For drinks, but we have backup ice. We can use like our molded ice if we want to. We just really like to carve. Like <laughs> it's really fun. It's a really fun and it's really a nice pause, sort of in your hectic service moment, to just like work on this one beautiful thing for a minute. Right, right. And yeah, nobody's shouting at you while you're carving ice. Everybody's watching. Everybody's <laughs> just enjoying the show, and it's very, it's more zen than it looks. I think. Yeah. Back to the cocktail menu. It's like. I, I can tell how proud you are of it. And I am so proud. But it's like, isn't that weird when you know people come up, uh, you know, and you try to hand them the menu? Ah, oh, just have a, you know. Oh, it's like, so hard. It's so hard. I because we we're in a hotel, so we have all yeah. of these people on vacation. Yeah. And I just I feel like I have a pretty weird cocktail menu for a bar that's inside of a hotel because <laughs> yeah. it's people from all walks of life and a lot of people who just want a Cosmo and a Gimlet. But we right. can totally do that. We just yeah. hope that. People remember to ask for what they want instead of just forcing themselves to get really weird because I feel like yeah. our, our drink list is <laughs> weird right now. And, and for me, it's like we can make you anything in the world. You know, every single one of my bartenders has a million drinks sure. that are super easy, like user-friendly, just like, you know, sours and and boulevardier variations that are so wonderful and, and so scaled down. But for me, the cocktail menu is things you could never make at home, things you wouldn't right. find yeah. anywhere else, things that are totally unique to Sobu. And that's kind of what I wanted for that. Right, right. It's I know you, you put your heart and soul into this thing, and then you know people don't realize how much 
work it is to oh, produce yeah. a menu it like is that. so and, much. Uh, and everyone's cocktail has an ingredient that's very kitchen focused. And so like there is a lot of time. Like that's why we almost always have two bartenders on at once is because there's always someone messing around in the kitchen and kind of we were playing with their ingredients. They're playing with our ingredients. So yeah. it's really cool. And wow, it's so cool that you have such a synergy, I guess is the word, with yeah. your, with, the, with chef here. So that's that's great. Yeah, we have an incredible chef. He's absolutely one of the nicest chefs I've ever... And that, that extends across all of our restaurants. We're in the Commander's Palace family of oh. restaurants. Oh, so we also that. have Chef Tori over at Commander's Palace, who's also insanely patient. He taught me how to... Uh, liquid nitrogen freeze ice cream a la minute for a competition. So like <laughs> nice. I was literally working, we were like pouring it and freezing and making ice cream on the spot. Wow. And he did it like instantly. Like all of our chefs in this company are so incredibly humble mm -hmm. and knowledgeable and just willing to work with us in every way. And I think, I don't know, I can't imagine like a more receptive environment to people wanting to get, you know, between kitchen and bar, and we kind of have that interplay all of the time. And Chef's working on a salad right now that I'm really excited about. For last fall, we did sous vide pears with the sidecar, and then for the upcoming cocktail, he was super inspired by um, these like mules made with Puerto Rican rum. So he's doing like a like a ginger dressing with um, pineapple and rum coated bacon on a salad it's going to be beautiful and then <laughs> there's going to be limes there's going to be all the elements of like a pineapple mule and we're going to use yeah the um juan de barlito rum to to coat the bacon and sort of caramelize the bacon with and and it's going to be all the elements of a cocktail but played out in a salad that's so fun yeah <laughs> we like to work together i think that's... there's an incredible amount of synergy <laughs> yeah you don't see that often and you know you don't really yeah see that often. i mean that's kind of what I've latched on to and what I really think makes Sobu unique is that we're, there's this, this constant highway between the kitchen and the bar. Like we know all, everyone in there, they all know us. We're always borrowing from each other. They're always running up to the bar to grab a bottle of bourbon for the, like, cause we have bourbon braised short ribs. They're just, oh, and we're always running in there being like, do you have cucumbers? We need them <laughs> and stuff like that. And they're always willing to show us. And I think that makes it a really educational experience working here which is what i love because i didn't know any of this how do you make your gimlet by the way because that's uh gimlet yeah okay so this is actually something i learned from one of the bartenders who used to work here which i thought was like one of i think and it's such a simple trick and it's just something she did and i was so impressed her name's abigail she works at compare and and it's like very much a part of my gimlets now. Okay. So I do two, my proportions are two ounces of gin with 0.75 lime and 0.75 sugar. But the real kicker is if you grate just a tiny bit of lime zest into the cocktail. Uh -huh. I think that just takes it to an, like a totally different level. Right, right. That's interesting. I, I actually, I was curious, where I work, I have one of those juicers where you just kind of put it down yeah. like this and it spins around, you know, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but sometimes I'll use a hand juicer. And I, I was like curious to know the difference of the juice, you know, and oh, yeah. the, dif the difference was way more uh, intense than I thought it would be. There's so many studies like on like people tasting juice after 
five hours yeah. after 12 hours and like the different there's some people who prefer um 12 hour yeah, juice yeah, and yeah. versus like fresh juice and there's yeah. like a whole there's a lot of people who've delved into it but they but i the difference was you're getting some of the oils from the yeah uh, with the hand press exactly. you're getting some of the oils from the peel where the other one you get none you yeah know? i used so. to work at a bar at victory bar um in the cbd which is amazing you should check them out too where they they hand juice for every single cocktail yeah, and it can be yeah. really intense when you're busy to do that but i mean i totally understand why they do it it's beautiful yeah yeah well they used to do that at uh milk and honey yeah <laughs> the big hand juicer and every drink he would yeah I, to order. Oh god i loved i loved the way it came out everything came out so beautiful when we did it that way but for us we just get it's, so busy we got to just it's, juice fresh every day and say that's enough yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well you're doing amazing things here congratulations you. on your dream job i know i can't believe it <laughs> and uh it was great to meet you it's great to meet you too thank you so Cheers. much for coming thank you for in this fun and talented lady there next we head to the presenter's lounge inside the hotel monteleone hello there my name is Aisha Sharp with Vodka 6100. I work at a um, private club just north of Manhattan, and all of a sudden this showed up on my back bar. I don't know how that happened. And yeah, I guess. Have you tried just, it? Yeah. Oh. It's on, it's, if it's on my back bar, I'm going to try okay, it. Okay, good. <laughs> good, good. I love it. So, um, yeah, I guess the, the GM got sold on it from somebody. I don't know how that happened. I wasn't involved, but. Um, I wanted to take this meeting just to know more about this because I have it on my back bar. So, uh, well, you've tasted it, and I think that that sort of speaks for it. Taste it, you taste it again, please. <laughs> and we can't let um, you. We can't have you drinking alone. So, yeah. Um, so I really think that that speaks. I mean, you know, the the juice always speaks for itself, right? Yeah. I mean, packaging's pretty too. For those of you out mm-hmm. there, the packaging's real nice. Beautiful. Um, made in New Zealand from whey. Yeah, so, well, that's the most interesting. That's the most intriguing right, part to me. Right. So you've I'm got like, this way. Right. Like I know vodka is made with potatoes and wheat and grapes, even. And so whey? there's there's sugar. Like, there's sugar. The protein stripped. The lactose is stripped. And oh, I mean, what is just okay? Whey, what is way? Is, is a sadly there's no sexy way to explain it. <laughs> um, there it is a byproduct for, of cheese. The process mm-hmm. of making cheese. So it's like that that liquid that's left on the top of the yogurt. Mm-hmm. That's whey. Mm-hmm. Curds and whey. Curds mm-hmm. just make the cheese. The whey is the byproduct. So byproduct, of course, that you know, you've got sustainability there. Right. Because it's waste that you're using. Right. Whey is most commonly, I think most people associate it with like protein powders. Mm. Okay. That's sort of where it's most commonly seen now, except so for that would be whey... apart aside from Little Miss Muffet. <laughs> right. So that would be whey dehydrated, right? As the protein powder. Correct. Yeah. And now there are a couple I Never thought that I would know as much about whey as I currently do. <laughs> whey's never been, it's never been an obsession of mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, however, I now work with a whey-based vodka. Um, so there are a couple of different kinds. There's a sweet whey and a sour whey. Hmm. You would think that we make it with the sweet whey. It's actually the not. Hmm. So, you know, you've got New Zealand, which is probably one of the most pristine places on the planet. In fact, um, it's sort of where they, they it's the benchmark for water purity yeah there are a few different places in the world where they're like they're testing water against that and that's what i always tell people often ask me when i'm behind the bar like what is what makes this vodka better than another i'm like you know at least half of what's in that bottle is water in your vodka so you know if this is if they have pretty awesome water in new zealand i bet you know it's pretty awesome vodka right right 
Well, yeah, there's, I mean, there's that. There's also, again, the raw material that you're using is also important. Um, do, you, the, do you think that uh, the way, it, it has a great mouthfeel for I a think vodka. So, yeah. and, and I would just take an educated guess and say that's from the way. Likewise. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I mean, I also think that there's so many vodkas are overly distilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this still has that. So how many times will you distill this? 374. What? No, I'm just kidding. It's three, it's three <laughs> times. It's three times distilled. Um, and then we do uh, charcoal rockets. Okay. But the nutsos geniuses, sometimes more nutsos behind the who really started the brand, wanted to make the cleanest vodka on the market. Mm-hmm. And so they started testing uh, methanol levels. And not only does the does the whey lend itself to this creaminess, but it's also I think contributes to the the low methanol levels. Okay. Because what else is it? I mean, we know that methanol is a byproduct of distillation. Right. Does this vodka in particular lend itself to any particular cocktails in your mind? Or there, I, I've played around. In fact, we've got a, some little gifts for you here. There's some cocktails that I've created in that book. Oh. Um, I, I I found that you can and anything works well. It it's you know it's got that lovely mouth feel, but it's also got a backbone, so it mm. does hold up in cocktails. I mean, I like it in, in its closest to purest form. And it's a martini. Mm-hmm. I do like a five to one, and um, I like it's great with a olive and a twist. Get a little okay. bit of that that kind of freshness from the zest and the brininess, but it. The, the the vodka itself, whether it's neat or um, martini, or it complements umami really well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess we should kind of bring up the fact that, you know, bartenders um, have a weird relationship with vodka. And, um, and you know, I, th- I think that's changing. I really, yeah, really no, hope it is so. I just, I'm so sick of, of everybody jumping on whatever, poo pooing on whatever bandwagon. Yeah, it's true. It's just, uh, people need to stop being such sheeps. I just w- want people to think a little bit more for themselves and yeah. not jumping on whatever bandwagon. But it's also, you know, the, your guest wants what they want and you're not going to never make them feel absolutely. stupid for asking still what the they biggest, asked for. It's still the biggest selling spirit in the world. Yeah. So your guests want it. Yeah. I mean, but I agree. There's no, there's no, there's, 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 we don't need another crappy anything, right? Right. We certainly don't need another crappy mezcal now. We don't need another crappy vodka. Yeah. I I think there's definitely room for a product like this because it's because of the, I mean, the mouthfeel is way off the charts for, for a vodka. And it's, you know, I, I, I was a whiskey drinker before I I started. Um, It's, I, I think because of that, that mouthfeel because it's got some viscosity, it's got some weight that it's that it's sort of and sort of like the whiskey drinker's vodka. Right, that's a great way to packaging describe. packaging as well. I think sort of yeah says that as well. That's nice, but that, that's a great. Did way I mention to describe, that the packaging's um, beautiful? <laughs> Did you make it? <laughs> that's a great way to describe um, uh, mouthfeel is is weight, mm-hmm. you know, and and this definitely has that, mm-hmm. and it's um, like this sort of nondescript element to your cocktail that's really important, I think, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that, that in many ways vodka can be your, your truest form of showing distil- good mm-hmm. distillation versus yeah. bad, right? I mean, right. you don't have any botanicals in there to cover it up. You don't have any aging. You don't have sugar. I mean, we don't have sugar <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or citric acid. We don't have anything. There's no additives whatsoever. Is that legal? It's used as a, yeah, it's a smoothing agent. Ooh, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of vodkas do it. 
Yeah. Fotke also gets a bad rap for adding like artificial ingredients afterwards and, you know, Fruit Loop vodka, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we're talking two different. This is vodka yeah. for grown-ups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. When you see that, it's just like uh, there's people that don't like the taste of but alcohol, you know, I guess. But, you know, I was at, what was the bar that Charles Jolie was working at before the group that he's with now? Anyway, I was there with him. Charles, I love Charles. He's a great guy. And there was some club downstairs from the bar that he was working at or next door. And I'd never tasted the bubblegum vodka. And so he just, he was just (laughs) poured shots. And he was like, yeah, we're doing shots right now. And I was kind of fascinated by how much it actually tasted like Bazooka <laughs> yeah, right. Joe. The yeah. Bazooka Joe, but Bazooka Joe even had that sort of like dustiness and the, yeah. somehow they yeah, captured yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Here's to them. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing that I want to drink, but I just thought there was something, like they really did it. Well, uh, I guess we have to mention the uh, the owner of the brand, who uh, everybody might recognize the name. Who's that? Isn't it Robert De Niro? He's the owner. Not, he's, he's not, not an owner. owner. No, he's not an, an investor. owner. He's, he's, a, he's a friend of the brand. You know, he okay. was... He was very involved in like figuring out what juice was going in, and, okay. and but he's not an owner. He's not an investor. He's oh. he's a friend, and he's an awesome human being. Okay, but he's certainly not hanging around the distillery saying, "No, what are you doing?" Yeah, no, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, this is a fascinating chat. I know you have something to get to, and I do as well. But uh, well, thank you so much. It was lovely meeting you. Stand by for our toast. We do a toast every week at the very end of the show. First, I'll tell you, on the next Bartender Journey, we'll talk to the fabulous Jane Bowie from Maker's Mark. We didn't have a cool enough environment, so we put dynamite in a hillside, and we blew it up, <laughs> and we built the cellar. That must have been fun. It was awesome. <laughs> we'll learn a whole bunch about the whiskey-making process. We recorded at the Bourbon House on Bourbon Street and drank some really special barrel-select bourbon. As I said earlier, this is our fourth episode out of nine total of Tales of the Cocktail 2017 coverage. Coming up on our final Tales episode, which was which is scheduled to be released on September 13th, 2017, I have a great interview with whiskey writer Lou Bryson. I can't wait for you to hear that one. So I hope you're subscribed to the show so that you'll get all the new episodes as soon as they become available. Head over to bartenderjourney.net for the recipes I mentioned, the book link, a link to the RSVP for that Patron event I told you about, and I'll have some pictures and the video and some videos from Tales, including the Bloody Mary bar that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you want some great online bartending education, check out the Mixology Certification Program from our friends at the Mixology Talk Podcast. Go to their site, a bar above, and click on Mixology Certification. Enter the code BARTENDERJOURNEY without a space, and you'll get 20% off this very detailed online course. All right, here's our toast. One sip of this will bathe the drooping spirits in delight beyond the bill of dreams. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. Their song, story, and spirit.